I'm Paul Irwin and welcome to the Pros.com podcast, where we discuss everything translation and interpreting related, including how to get new clients, areas of specialization, technical skills, software localization, machine translation, diversification, and more. Pros.com, helping freelance translators and interpreters succeed. Hey there, Paul here. Welcome to episode 42 of the pros.com podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about designing your translation business or your translation career, how you can actually set yourself on a path to success and the path that you want, not anybody else's path. So I'll be talking about that in just a second. First of all, I'd like to point out that the ultimate guide to video game localization is now available at training.pros.com. So a wonderful a wonderful course from Marina Ilari, where you will learn about the video game industry and how localization impacts the industry. Take a close look at the challenges translators can face and how to overcome them. Learn about the different tools and assets that video game localizers must use and get a clear understanding of the different career opportunities within the game localization industry. So that's the ultimate guide to video game localization available at training.pros. Right, let's get cracking with today's main topic. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about how to design your translation career. It's a, it's a beautiful morning here, about 6.15, 6.15 in the morning. And I thought, well, just seems like a, a great time to, to share some of my thoughts with you on, on this topic, which I actually think is a really important and, and sometimes overlooked topic. So the first thing I wanted to say is that I just think it's absolutely I just think it's absolutely amazing that you can design your career because if you are a freelance translator or interpreter or combination of of both a freelancer in 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 the languages uh, industry you can absolutely design your career and have the career that you want and that's the first uh, the first words of encouragement that I want to I want to share with you wherever you are right now you can absolutely design where you want to get to now it's not something that's necessarily going to happen overnight it does take some time it does take some planning because you you might need to do certain things along the way which you might not regard as as being the perfect fit for your your translation career in the end but you can definitely design your career over time work in the areas you want to work in work the types of jobs work on the types of jobs that you want to work on and really uh, have the career that you want and i think that's i think that's just absolutely amazing to be honest so so what sort of things am i talking about i can take you through i'm going to take you through some different areas that i think that you can design in your business the first one is whether you want to be a freelancer or whether you want to run a business and outsource work to other translators or other interpreters and both have advantages and disadvantages of course as as do many of the things that I'm going to talk about on this list so if you are a freelancer a pure freelancer you have complete control over your work but you have certain disadvantages you might suffer from some income fluctuations you're not going to be getting paid when you 
when you go on holiday, for example. So there are certain limitations of, of that freelancer approach. If you're a business, you might, uh, you might be able to increase your income by outsourcing, but you might also be increasing your stress by managing, uh, managing different translators or different interpreters and really responding for their work as well as part of, uh, as part of that business. So running a business is, is completely different to working as a freelancer, but you get to choose. And it doesn't necessarily need to be one extreme or the other. In other words, it doesn't need to be working as a freelancer versus uh, running a multi-million uh, multinational. It can be somewhere in between. So you might choose to outsource certain jobs or certain types of work and, and, and run a, a small business. So it really is entirely up to you. So that's the first one, freelancer or business. The second one is to specialize or diversify. You absolutely do have the power to specialize or diversify. And once again, advantages and disadvantages to both. If you specialize and become a, a real expert in a particular area, you might be able to increase rates over time. Some people just prefer specializing. Others prefer the variety that comes with diversifying and working in different areas. For example, I've spoken to translators who, who enjoy translation, but love the fact that once a week or, 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 or every so often they can go out and do a, an interpreting job or they, they can work as a tutor of some kind. So, so that variety is attractive to certain people, but you, you get to choose. So what would you like to do? Would you like to really become an expert in a particular area or would you like to diversify? You can also choose your areas of specialization to some degree. Now, I know a lot of the time this just kind of happens by chance. So if you if you tend to pick up a lot of work in a, a particular area of technology, then you, you kind of become an expert in that. And, and that over time becomes automatically becomes one of your areas of specialization. But you can also guide it to a certain to a certain degree and, and, and steer your your work and your marketing towards a specific area of specialization that you are interested in. You can decide whether you want to become a formatting expert or whether you or whether you steer away from those kind of complicated documents and focus on 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 texts on documents that are really um, largely text based rather than let's say multimedia with images and tables and that kind of thing. So definitely lots of different options here. And as I was saying at the beginning, this is not something that you can always design right from the outset. You might say, well, you know, I I need I need to keep my income levels up. I need to accept any work that I can get. That, that makes sense for a lot of people at the beginning of their careers. And it is over time that you are able to direct your work. And as you get more experience and as you get better clients and more clients, you are then able to start to turn down some of the work that perhaps isn't exactly what you want to be doing. So that's where the, the time factor comes in. So you can definitely specialize or diversify. Number three, you can work on small jobs or larger projects. Some people love working on small jobs and, and working on even up to, let's say, 10 small jobs in a day. Others prefer um, very, very long, others prefer long-term projects where they can work on something even over the course of, of, of months. So that really is up to you. And it depends on the type of work that you are 
you're going after. If you are looking for things such as birth certificates, obviously that's very short term. You can do a number of jobs in a, in a specific day. If you are marketing yourself as a literary translator, well, obviously translating a book takes quite a while and that is going to be a long-term project. You can also choose the hours that you want to work. Again, over time, I was talking to uh, Karen Katchek the other day and Karen mentioned that one of the ways that she got started was to be available when some other translators weren't available. So let's say holiday periods and things like that. When, when other translators perhaps didn't want to work, she was there at the beginning of her career and got that opportunity, got, the foot, got her foot in the door and got started with certain clients that way. I thought that was quite interesting. So at the beginning of one's career, again, you often end up working different hours. You might work weekends, you might work evenings and so on because you want to work. And, you, and you, you really want to get your experience and you really want to get those income levels up as well. But over time, you are then able to design your, your career and design the hours that you want to work. And, and, and many experienced translators, I've talked to many different people who will say things like, well, I don't work weekends anymore, or I don't work a Wednesday afternoon, or I don't work a Friday, whatever it might be. And, and, and clients, as people get more confidence and more clients, they're able to say, to people that they're not available on a certain day and not and not have that fear of missing out on something or that fear of losing that income, which I think a lot of translators have at the beginning of their career. So it's it's something that happens over time, that ability financially and confidence-wise to be able to, to manage your own time and say, these are the hours that I'm going to work in my translation career. Number five on my little list here is post-editing of machine translation. Quite an interesting topic. Lots of translators don't like working with machine-translated output. They simply prefer traditional, full translation rather than working with something that has been produced by machine translation and then improving that uh, empty output. A lot of people just, just don't like it. It typically as well goes with... Uh, with lower rates, uh, that goes hand in hand with uh, post-editing of machine translation often. And therefore, a lot of translators don't want to do it. Other translators are very happy to work with uh, um, uh, post-editing of machine translation. But what's the, uh, what's the point here? You get to decide. You get to decide this is your career. This is your career. So don't let someone else decide what you should and shouldn't be doing in the short term. Yes, in the long term, really plan and make sure you're getting to where you want to get to. Number six, whether you're going to be location independent or not. Now, most translators are actually location independent because you can work, uh, work from anywhere in the world. But it's not always the case. Obviously, if you're working as a conference interpreter, then that's one area where you are going to be um, tied to a certain location. If you work with certain clients, if you work with uh, official documents and, and, they, and those documents require, let's say, a signature and a seal or something to be registered in a notary or something like that, then you might not be location independent or you might not be location independent for all of your clients. And again, that is something that you can design over time. So you might say, well, actually, I have 30% of my clients are not location independent and over time I want to change that so that I can be anywhere in the world or you might find some other way of managing it 
Once again, the point is you decide. And finally, on my list, quality. Are you going to be a top quality translator or are you going to focus on having high levels of productivity or volume? I think this is kind of slightly controversial because most translators like to focus on delivering high quality and everyone believes that they are a high quality translator but I think we need to accept that there is a range there is a range of of quality in translation just as there is in in any other product or service that's out there and at the end of the day you get to decide where you want to be on that spectrum are you going to be a, a high-end specialist that has plenty of time for research and plenty of time for revision well you need to go and find those clients and work with those clients who are prepared to pay the rates to support that endeavor and absolutely they are out there other people prefer to focus on on productivity and really um, working on a on a high volume of uh, of words in a particular in a particular day or in a particular week and perhaps using certain productivity tools perhaps integrating with machine translation, almost certainly using cat tools. So, you know, where, where do you want to be? Some translators don't use cat tools. I think that always comes as a surprise to, to some people, but there are some very successful translators out there who do not use cat tools at all. And there are other translators out there who just can't believe how how people don't use cat tools. So, so there's, uh, it's always interesting to me that there's more than one route to success. So you'll, you'll, you'll see a lot of things on, on social media that will say you have to do things this way or you have to do things that way or you have to work with direct clients or you have to increase your rate, etc., um, etc. Et but but I, I tend to think there's, there's a lot of different routes to success and there's some people out there, for example, with, with relatively, I would say relatively low rates who are doing very well because they have high volumes. They've found a way to produce high volumes and there are there are other people out there who who don't have those high high volumes but have higher rates so again well what is it that what is it that you are looking for how would you like to work working with an agency and a versus a direct client two very different ways of working they're different relationships people who work with direct clients are those who tend to like a bit more the business aspect of things, so negotiating with clients, talking about clients, about about the bigger picture in some cases. Whereas those who work with translation agencies are are happy that the agency takes care of a lot of uh, a lot of those things for them, and they can really focus on on their translation work, which which suits some people. So so I'm just trying to encourage you today. That that's the little list that I've come up with. I'm sure that. I'm sure that I've missed some. Please uh, don't hesitate to tell me. But one, freelancer or business. Two, specialize or diversify. Three, small jobs or large projects. Four, design or manage your hours. Five, decide whether you want to work with post-editing of machine translation or not. Six, location independence. And seven, where are you on that quality spectrum? So that's a few things to think about. But I'm absolutely convinced that you can design your translation career whether it includes interpreting or not whether it includes uh, any any other area within languages or not um, wherever you are working from in the world you can absolutely design your translation career and as I've mentioned at the beginning it does require a certain degree of patience and a certain degree of planning
because you can't just wake up one morning and say, hey, I'm going to work with only this particular type of client. And that's not necessarily a great idea because you might not have built up the, the portfolio of clients, you might not have built up your reputation and so on and so on. So it does take time, but as you are going, as you are on this journey, think about where you want to get to in the end. And, and remember, a lot of the fun, a lot of the excitement, a lot of the enjoyment is in that journey of, uh, of what can be um, for many people, a wonderful, wonderful career in translation. So I hope I've given you something to think about. Please let me know if you have anything to add. You can email me at trainingatpros.com. You can head on over to the Facebook group where this podcast will be shared and you can comment there as well. But please don't hesitate to get in touch if you've got anything to add or anything to share. Thanks so much for tuning in. All the very, very best. Have a great week and I'll be back next week. All the best. Bye-bye.